True Fans Podcast, the place to talk to the true fans of the beautiful game. Hello everybody, and a uh, slightly different intro, but that's the way we like to do things, change it uh, all around. My name is Kieran Grudins, we are back for another week of uh, sport, uh, particularly football related uh, news and breakdown. Of course, so much has happened over the course of the week and there's only one place where you want to check out all your podcasts and all your news today. He needs no introduction. He's an icon. He's a legend. He's a man who um, would this podcast would not even exist without his name on it. Gary Brendan Best. Gary, how are you? I'm right, Karen. How about you? I'm good. Did you like the intro? We didn't discuss it beforehand. <laughs> no, it was a bit. It was a bit different, but it was good. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I thought of that idea myself. Uh, no, so absolutely fantastic week, of course. Uh, the Premier League match day 29 coming up, mate. It's it's slowly coming to the end uh, of the season. But my God, there's going to be some um, interesting games. People fighting at the opposite end of the league. We'll get into the into the games. We'll also get into our uh, England starting 11 as Gareth Southgate announces his team on Thursday. Obviously, this is recorded on Wednesday, depending when you listen to it. Uh, but we start today with goal of the week and star man. So uh, slightly different. But what we've decided to do is we've is we is we say, look, what player do you think deserves a team of the week card? And in has played incredible over the. Uh, the past couple of weeks, of course. So, uh, we go to Gary first. Uh, looking at all oh, the players, looking at all the players, mate. Who do you think should get a star, man? Oh, this could be a weird job. I think Scott McTominay. I think the way he played against West Ham, I know it hurts because obviously I wanted us to win, but yeah, I think he played very well against us and he was pushing and pushing and pushing forward. Okay, already got a team of the week, uh, of course. No, uh, fantastic. And of course, he got the winner. So Manchester United picked up three points, uh, continuing second. We'll definitely react to that a little bit later on in the show. Uh, but my, mine is going to be Kelechi Iheanacho, scoring a hat-trick against Sheffield United in a 5 0 win. It was an emphatic win for Leicester. Sheffield United, you know, now with the change of manager, um, which we'll get onto a little bit as well. Uh, you know, later on. So we've got so much to cover, but I think Sheffield United are definitely down now. 14 points. Um, 14 points actually away from um, the, the relegation places. I, I cannot see Sheffield United picking up some points. Anything can happen in football, but I think it's heavily likely Ian Acho back to his goal-scoring best. And that's, that's our star then. Uh, let's get in with the goal of the week. Um, so... Again, Gary, which one do you think deserves the goal of the week title? I think Eric Lamella with the Rabona. I think it was a very, very good goal to score. Yeah, it looks like he's taking his time. Well, I mean, what a goal, but of course it was overshadowed actually by his red card. I mean, crazy, crazy game for Eric Lamella there. Uh, I, I, you sort of took my answer, but then I can remember an incredible goal for Burnley, Dwight McNeil. 
such a well clean strike uh, by the the Burnley midfielder, and obviously won Burnley the game. Everton losing again at home, and um, you know, obviously surprising. I don't think a lot of people would probably have predicted that. Um, victory but a great win for Burnley and what a goal there uh, by Dwight McNeil so there are our goal of the week uh, predictions but also our star men predictions as well so uh, make sure you react to this what, what do you think check out the True Fans podcast uh, Instagram uh, accounts as well right let's get into um, the uh, the games of the week then uh, obviously there's been so many talking points but we start early uh, on in the in the uh, the weekend with a, a nil-nil draw in the early kickoff on Saturday Leeds against Chelsea um, both of our teams Gary are, are hunting for that for the top four places and um, you know Chelsea is as well in in your perspective, how happy were you to see uh, Chelsea dropping points against the Leeds team in which they could have actually won at Leeds? Um, I was quite ecstatic, to be honest. I think how they performed, it could have done a lot better. But obviously, also us dropping points probably didn't help. Um, if we'd beat Man United, then we probably would have gone either level points or above them. Yeah, let's talk about Chelsea because I think it's very, very interesting in terms of how they set up. Um, I've got the um, the starting eleven in front of me here, and uh, you know they were a four-two-three-one, but they definitely didn't play like that. Pulisic was was massive in terms of defending up and down. Uh, you know, Jorginho and Kante were sort of holding midfielders, but you also had a great, great bench. Werner. Hudson Adoy, Reese James coming on. But one person I want to highlight massively is Kai Havertz. Um, brought him as a cam, brought him as an attacker midfielder, but pushed him uh, up into into that striker position. Obviously, he didn't get the goal. He had some great had some great chances. Um, Kai Havertz uh, in this game. What do you think is going wrong with Kai Havertz? He's not been the best. He's he cost. Chelsea seventy million. He's definitely not been like that. Only one goal and two assists this season. I think it could be his confidence because obviously he's coming into a new league. He needs to get confidence with how it plays and everything. But at the same time, it could just be maybe he doesn't want didn't want to go to Chelsea. Yeah, definitely very very interesting. Uh, one man that I think has has definitely been not overshadows in terms of how he's done this season. He's played incredibly well this season. Uh, but one player that's not really had his opportunity um, yet yeah, is Olivier Giroud. I've got my, I've got his stats in front of me. In the Premier League, he's he's played 14 games and scored four goals. But in the Champions League this season, he has played five games and got six goals. Uh, wh- why, is, why is Giroud not playing uh, in the Premier League after playing so well uh, in in the Champions League against really, really tough teams? Oh, um, I haven't got an answer for that one. <laughs> it's interesting because I think Tuchel is, has got a big squad and I think he's trying to move people around currently. Um but yeah, I think it's it's definitely one of them where you know best to ask some best to ask the manager. You know, uh, you know you can't really give the answer to that. Also, uh, Olivier Giroud starred in Spider Man into the Spider Verse. I've just saw strange, oh, strange. Um, so uh, let's move on. Let's move in uh, to 
uh, an emphatic win for Leicester. We just mentioned it 5 0 against uh, Sheffield United. Leicester started the game well. They got that goal half time, but then at the second half, they absolutely just, you know, full steam ahead, you know, scoring five. I mean, how big was that uh, for Leicester in their hopes of staying in the Champions League? Um, it was a quite a big uh, difference and I think it's going to prove that they can keep up with the top teams but maybe they might drop points later on we don't know yeah exactly I think it, I think Leicester really got to stay on it you know every single time they're on sort of you know on a roll and sort of you know looking really really well I think a massive thing as well for Leicester is is that they're not in the Europa League anymore so they can focus on the Premier League it's the only thing they've got to do um I think all Leicester fans are going to want to keep in the Champions League that they should have been there last season. Uh, you don't know whether the, uh, the the break didn't help, um, you know, stuff like that. So um, Leicester's been well-renowned for changing formations in-game, uh, but very, very nice to see uh, Ian Acho back in the fold um, for Leicester. Leicester now designed to play two people up front, Vardy uh, and Ian and uh, Ian Acho. Um, do you think that works for not only Ian Acho for game time, but also Vardy for, for support there? And they're two very, very different players for Leicester. Yeah, I think it's going to give Vardy a bit more like confidence that he's got someone to keep up with him and can continue. Without, like, say, if he gets injured or something, someone can still be as good as him. As well, Ian Acho obviously got the confidence of Vardy, who is, I'll probably say, a world-class striker. Oh, definitely, yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's just Ian Acho's got that confidence now. Right, I can. I'm working with Vardy. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. Yeah, definitely, most definitely. Um, obviously, Sheffield United defeat. Um, you know, and a quite fat, you know, emphatic defeat. Um, Paul Heckebottom, who who was the uh, is the current interim manager of of the team, um, probably not the best uh, start to to his um, you know to manager managerial career, uh, but obviously Sheffield United have been overshadowed by um, the sacking or the leaving of Chris uh, Chris Wilder. What's your opinion on that? Because that's something that we've not been able to cover yet on the podcast. Well. He didn't get sacked. He actually left on his own terms, um, which I, when I found out, I was a bit like, oh, I didn't expect that. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit unexpected and a bit expected kind of thing, if you get what I mean. Yeah, I think I, I think he's left. I think, I think it's a difficult one because I think when players leave, when managers leave, there's got to be something behind it. And I know owners come out and say, thank you very much for your service. But I, I watched the interview with the Sheffield United owner and he was genuine. He was so genuine to just say, thank you very much for everything you've done for the club. I think what I think what's happened here is that the Sheffield United board, not very much the fans, but the board have said, we can still stay in the Premier League. And if we bring in somebody good enough to keep us in the Premier League, we can do it. So we've got to change the manager. Like we've just said, I don't think Sheffield United will stay in the Premier League this season. I think that they have got the potential to come back up. Um, I think they had a fantastic season last season. And 
Chris Wilder's done fantastic for for Sheffield United. Do not don't you know? Don't get me wrong, but I think he's probably left. But that's not been his decision. But I I, I think they they've made it come out like that. Maybe Wilder's got you know hope that Sheffield United can stay up and think I'm not the best man for the job. It's it's difficult, but I I don't I don't think it's been that simple where he's just left on his own terms because it's not like you're mid table. Mm. You know, they're at the bottom. And I think, you know, leaving at such a point, is it, you know, massive for the club? But also you could look at it the other way. It's been incredibly, you know, selfish from Chris Wilder to say, look, we're leaving you, but I'm going to leave at a time where you're going to struggle. Um, obviously, we've got the interim manager in there as well. I don't know whether he'll stay. I don't think he will. I think they'll bring in somebody as quickly as possible, but I can't see... Um, you know, Sheffield United getting out of it if they bring in this manager. They're not going to bring in a world-class manager. They're not going to get, you know, a Jose Mourinho. So Alex Ferguson's not going to come out of retirement. But, you know, do you know what I mean? It, it's just, I, I don't understand really why. I think, it's, I think it's very, very odd to see a team that has struggled so much this season. They've not really had a bright spot for me. And um, it, it's very, very difficult to see. So, um, yeah, it's very, very interesting. But, you know, it's obviously, it is what it is. It is football. So, uh, Arsenal versus Spurs then is the next game we're going to cover. The Northampton derby had absolutely everything. Three goals are sending off. Uh, but obviously, like you said, Gary, an incredible goal um, from Eric Lamella. And even though he got sent off, you can't overshadow it. What a goal. Talk, talk me through it. I just think it was like, cause you, he, I think he did it once. As, he did it before that as well against yeah. Arsenal. I think, I think it was in 2014, off the top of I my think, head. Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. And I think it was just like, he's going to say, oh, I can do it again. I'm going to prove it. And yeah, he did do it again. I mean, what a goal. I mean, especially as well, where he, he's not so close to the keeper. The amount of power he had to do it, he actually put it through the legs of Thomas Party. I mean... Bert Leno probably saw it really, really late, but the amount of power to get that into that bottom corner and beat the keeper, uh, what a goal, first and foremost. Uh, but Arsenal, you've got to give credit to Arsenal, got back into the game. Martin Odegaard scoring his first goal. Let's talk about the penalty incident, though, because I do think that penalty incident, who depending on who you speak to, is it a penalty, is it not a penalty? Um, we are... I feel like throughout the season, we've literally spoke about decisions and decisions and decisions. But what do you think about this one? I think it's a penalty, to be honest. I think it was really clumsy. So do I. So do I. I think Lacazette, it's through. Yes, it doesn't matter whether he got the shot off. It was just clumsy. He didn't go anywhere close to the ball. Uh, Do you think he should have got um, a card card for it, Um, Davidson Sanchez? Yes, yellow. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. So, yeah, good decision. And then, obviously, uh, the Mellor's uh, red card didn't overshadow the goal. Um, it probably would have if he scored just uh, you know, a very, very easy goal. Um, do you think that was a sending off? I mean, Lamella is one of them players which, uh, you know, he, he does go into these uh, rash challenges. Yeah, I think he does. And it's just he was overshadowing his goal like he's just he was trying to prove something better to get better and better and better and he made 
really reckless challenge. Okay, let's move on to Monday night's game then. Uh, Wolves taking on Liverpool for the final uh, sort of lookout from both me and Gary. Um, I don't want to say too much about this because, I mean, it was a great goal by Diego Jota. Um, you know, we'll cover that a little bit. But first of all, let's talk about Rui Patricio. Um, very, very sad uh, what happened uh, to him. The word, I think you knew just how poor it was when they said, we're not going to show you what happened um, because it's that bad. And you just think, wow, um, he was conscious. I think he's damaged his neck. Um, yeah, I mean, just that, just reinforce to everybody that, you know, football's a contact sport and it and it can be very, very dangerous. And that is probably the worst um injury you know you could possibly have for a goalkeeper yeah as i think as well like um i'll give you a bit of a throwback the better check where he got studs in his head that yeah. was obviously like quite it was like as serious as this because anything could have happened to rube Tracy, and i think it was it is sad because at the end of the day now wolves might not have the chance to wolves might go down in points I mean, he's a great goalkeeper. I think he's one of them underrated goalkeepers. You know, you, you put probably Fabianski in there. Um, you know, sort of in, I think that Duff Brank is a great goalkeeper, but I just, I don't think, you know, obviously Newcastle have been struggling, but I still think he's a top keeper and an underrated one. So, yeah, I put sort of Rui Patricia in there. It's difficult. Again, but obviously with the Raul Jimenez injury, you know, you, you have it. You've got two very, very, you know, top quality players on the other opposite end of the pitch, which really helps you. So, you know, obviously we, we send out our, you know, thoughts and praises to his, to his family, but also him for a speedy recovery. But, you know, massively that overshadowed it, but it just shows you that it's not all about football. And I will tell you a funny story, actually. And it's not about Patricio. Um, so if, I apologize for any Wolves fans that are listening and probably took that out of our context, but uh, my mum was watching the game with us uh, she's not a massive football fan but she was watching the game with us and obviously seven minutes was added on um, due to the injury uh, obviously it then went past um, then seven minutes they, they started playing at, at uh, 97 minutes so then it had to obviously go over to 100 minutes only the second time in a Premier League match that that's actually happened quick stat for you there um, so anyway, he was obviously stretched off. It, you had to be very, very careful when it was around his neck and his head. A lot of people would obviously know that through injuries stuff. And so the Wolves keeper get ready, right? Yeah. So the Wolves keeper, uh, you know, get, get ready. You know, Rui Patricio is getting stretched off. The players are just like trying to keep warm. Um, obviously, then. Play as play resumes. Liverpool players kick the ball off, um, you know, to sort of, you know, say, okay, look, the game started. It starts with a goal kick, which obviously the, the the decision was. Kicks it up. Nat Phillips and Fabio Silva collide, and Nat Phillips goes down, and the referee gives a free kick. You know, it was a sort of a shoulder, it was an elbow, and my mum just went. They've spent seven minutes waiting around and now you're on the floor again. What is going on? And I thought that was really, really funny from somebody that, um, you know, doesn't know, but, you know, doesn't really bother about football. She's obviously seen that and just thought, brilliant. But, but again, a great, um, 
win for win for Liverpool, Gary. Um, regardless, Diego Jota again getting the goal. Um, yeah, taught taught to me about it because I think you know it, it was a Diego Jota for me is a player that Liverpool needs. What do you think? Yeah, I think Jota is a player that Liverpool needs. So when like Marley's off or Firmino's off, Marley can take that striker position, and Jota can jump in the left wing. Um, but also, obviously, he came from Wolves, and I think Wolves needed him a lot as well because when they had him, they were pushing for near enough Europa League, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. And now they're just dropping down the table because they've not got the strike force. I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's a great signing for Liverpool. I was I was very, very hesitant when he came. I just thought, really, do we need him? Yeah, we've got a great front three, but they've massively been off this season. We spoke about that last week. But, um, you know, he's definitely come in and, you know, glad to get his goal. But it was only one. He played really, really well. But hopefully he can, you know, um, keep injury-free. Firmino's now out for a bit. So hopefully he can come in and, and help. So I think if he was still injured and then Firmino got injured, we... And it, we relied on Salah and Mane. Uh, I just, I think we've been even more trouble than we are. So that's obviously the game uh, reaction for this week. Obviously, we'll be looking ahead um, a little bit later on, of course, with the games um, coming up. But obviously, some big, big talking points. Some that have, you know, not been very, very nice and stuff like that. But we definitely wanted to talk about uh, all of that. So. Um, we record these on Tuesday slash Wednesday obviously it's Wednesday today so tomorrow Gareth Southgate is going to be announcing his squad for the next round of uh, international friendlies um, obviously we don't know the squad so we can't limit the amount of choices to the squad he has chosen but me and Gary are going to be putting on our suits with the England badge on and we're going to we're going to say what are what, who are we picking? What players are going to be involved? So we are pl- using a 5-3-2 formation. And we've obviously been doing squad builders with set rules. There are no rules. No rules. We're, we're off. We, uh, we can pick any England player that currently plays now. It doesn't... That is still available for Gareth Southgate to choose. So it doesn't matter who it is, we can pick any England player that currently plays now. Um, I don't think you'll see a lot of League 1 and League 2 players, uh, which are, which might be available. Uh, I definitely think you'll be massively uh, with the Premier League, but uh, we are going to use a starting 11 uh, for these next round of games. So, Gary, um, all the choices are yours, my friend. Um, so, let's get into the goalkeeper to start off with. This is going to be a weird shout, but I'm going to say Nick Pope. I think Pope is a world-class keeper and he's made some amazing saves during the Premier League. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I agree with that. I think obviously everybody's saying Pickford, uh, you know, you've got to be there, but I think he's far too reckless. Nick Pope is is actually, you know, with a team like Burnley, you know, where you think, oh, is he going to be, you know, is he going to be sort of overshadowed by the team he plays? He saves Burnley so many times and he played very, very well. So, um, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Let's start with the left-back then. Uh, some great choices, but who are you saying? Oh, um, I think there's only one, really. I would say, I know it's going to sound stupid, but Aaron Cresswell, but obviously he's not going to England call-up. Um, 
I think there's one man I got to go with, and I think it's got to be Luke Shaw. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but do you know what? I don't like him. I don't like a lot of Man United players. Definitely not him. But he's been playing well, so we're, we're going to move on swiftly. That's all I'm going to have to say. Um, don't don't uh, hold that to me whenever I make a compliment about Luke Shaw. Uh, first centre half, then some great choices. But who do you think is going to be uh, the first centre half um, to play? Oh. John Stones. I th- yeah. I think he's been playing absolute world class and I think he's definitely going to be the one to step up. Well, Ruben Diaz and him have had a fantastic partnership over the course of the season. Have not um, you know, been a massively defended, but also they've been a team where you know, they were in dire need of a of a centre half last season and Stones have stepped up and have got a great record. So yeah, I could definitely see him uh, doing that for England as well. Um n- next centre half for me, please. Next centre half. Uh, Gomez? Gomez is injured. Ah, yes, he is, isn't he? Um, I actually can't think of any centre English centre backs. We got Harry Maguire, Tyrone Mings, uh, Michael Keane. Maguire. <laughs> he remembers. He remembers. Okay, and your 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 last centre half, please. My last centre half. Oh, I think I've got to go Tyrone I've, Mings. Yep. Yeah. I've just moved uh, Harry Maguire and Luke Shaw so um, they can get uh, a, gr- a green line for chemistry. <laughs> and then the, uh, the the right wing back, right back, you know. Trent. Yeah, thank you very much. Well, Joe, you know he's not been playing that good. I've been massively criticising him this season. Um, but he, you know what? He played well against Wolves and I think... Is England call up in grey? So uh, we spoke about this on our uh, live watch alongs. Uh, if you don't don't know about that one, we do them on stereo um, as well. Uh, we we did a segment on there. Um, check out where we uh, were talking about the midfielders. I mean, what a choice! Um, you know, Graham's uh, Gareth Southgate has got uh, in terms of midfielders. And, uh, you know, Gary, it's up to you, mate, to pick three uh, quality midfielders. I, I can I can hear you saying one name, but I think the other two might be very difficult. Deckers. I think Declan Rice is an absolute world-class player. Um, like I've said to you before, Kieran, if, it, if he was playing for like Liverpool, Manchester United or Chelsea, he would be called world-class. Do, do you think he gets... Um... Underrated because he plays for for a team that's not a traditional big six big six team. Do you think he gets underrated? Yeah, I think he's completely underrated because of the team he plays for. But obviously, now that Lampard's gone, I think the interest from Chelsea for him moving to Chelsea's gone. I think the interest and Man United has been shut down because he says he doesn't want to move to Manchester. So. Yeah, I think Declan Rice will be a good centre uh, defensive midfielder. 
Couldn't agree more. I mean, I'm I'm pleased that he doesn't want to go to Chelsea or Man United, but you could definitely come to Liverpool, mate. We'll have you. Um, the second midfielder in this uh, 5-3-2-4 formation. There's some good choices, but who who do you think uh, Gareth Southgate will pick? I think Jack Grealish. He's yeah, I mean, if, I mean, if he's fit, if he's fit, but yeah, no, I agree. I, again, I'm not a massive fan of him, but he's a, he's a he's a great player and he plays really really well for Aston Villa. Um, yeah, I could see your point. I think we definitely got like a holding midfielder, an attacking midfielder. Um, but but who do you think will uh will, will play in that uh, last midfielder? Potentially just like more of a centre mid. Who you who you playing? Phil Foden. Yeah, I mean, what a talent. He's just absolutely amazing. Okay, and then the strikers. I think one is a is a most definite, Harry Kane. regardless of how he's playing, most definitely, you, you took the words right out of my mouth there, Harry Kane, um, most definitely is going to get in. Uh, but, but who would you play alongside him? There's been some great strikers um, this season who's got some great goals, but who do you think Southgate will have his eye on? Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Yeah. There's not much else to say, really. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, DCL. Yeah. Dominic Calvert-Lewin is in. So uh, here is our team. Then uh, Nick Pope in goal. A, f- a back five of Luke Shaw. Cringes every time I say it. Harry Maguire. John Stones. Tyrone Mings and Trent Alexander-Arnold. The midfield... Three are Phil Foden, Jack Grealish and Declan Rice. And then up front, we see Harry Kane and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Dominant Calvert-Lewin, as many Everton players like to call him, especially at the start of the season. So um, let's finish off with some score predictions. Now, a lot of you have been saying, it's the FA Cup this week. I completely understand what you mean. Um, But there are a few Premier League games that have been played um, over the course uh, of the weekend, teams that are not um, playing in the FA Cup um, this this week as well. So, of course, we have to cover it. Um, Fulham take on Leeds. That's a massive game, Gary, because Fulham have been playing uh, really, really well over the past couple of weeks. Uh, they they did lose 3-0 against Man City, but held in there. Leeds coming off a great point against Chelsea. What do you think? I'm going to go for a 2-1 Leeds. I'm going to go for a 2-0 Leeds. I think Leeds are looking strong. Uh, Saturday, the 20th of March, the first game sees Brighton taking on Newcastle. That's a massive game because Brighton has sort of uh, been pulled into that relegation sort of fight. Newcastle have not had it easy... um, pass over the time I think it's going to be a one all draw I can't see any team uh, pick up the points Gary yeah I'm going to go for a one all draw too okay the only game uh, the two games uh, on Sunday um, which I'll, I'll be very very interested to see what you you say about this because you probably don't know about it uh, a London uh, a London derby sees West Ham host Arsenal two teams that have um Play some good football, but West Ham have definitely peaked Arsenal this season in terms of their um, performance. Uh, come on, you Irons. I'm going to go 2 1 West Ham. Oh, I'm going to have to go 2 0 West Ham. Do you not think Arsenal will score? No, I, um, I think yeah, we're just lucky in the uh, North London derby. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, uh, and then, of course, Sunday, uh, late kickoff sees Aston Villa take on Spurs. Uh, a big, big game um, for Spurs following that defeat to uh, Arsenal. Aston Villa. Aston Villa as well sharing points with Newcastle uh, on uh, Friday night. So they're going to try and get back uh, to winning ways. Uh, What do you think, Gary? Villa 2, Spurs 1. Oh, You're saying it like a sports report. I like that. Um, Yeah, so so they're all the the games. Of course, the FA Cup matches. We're not going to predict them. Uh, We usually stick with the Premier League due to um, our... Uh, league that we have on a uh, on Kiss My Score. We spoke about it so much, uh, but just to give you a a rundown of the quarterfinal matches uh, that start on Saturday, Bournemouth taking on Southampton. Bournemouth uh, trying to at least pick up something despite being in the Championship. A big Premier League battle as Carlo Ancelotti host uh, Pep Guardiola's uh, Manchester City uh, at Goodison Park. Two teams that. Um, have been on opposite ends uh, of the table despite their poor uh, Premier League form. Sheffield United remain in the competition. They take on Chelsea and a game which which people in my household are going to be having eagle eyes on. Leicester City hosting Manchester United. Can Leicester City pick up the FA Cup from one of the the teams... um, one of the competition's uh, best winning teams in Manchester United. So uh, all that FA Cup uh, reaction, we might do a, a live watch along in a couple of the FA Cup games, switching up the content, but uh, make sure you follow the True Fans podcast as well. So much great content being put on there and check out this podcast wherever you like to listen to your podcast. Gary, finish off um, uh, this podcast. I would presume you're going to say this in your normal voice, unlike the uh, intro today. Um, yeah, I'd like to say thank you very much for listening and EA, you've robbed us.